Welcome to Dischem Medical Monday. This is Dr. Daniel Israel. I'll be your host this morning. As we embark on the new year, which starts this evening, we will be dealing with a very important topic today, both interesting and important, and that's the topic of oral and dental health. And we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, her name is Bianca Bailefeld. She is the oral hygienist at the Fink Dental Anesthetic Center in Rosebank. Welcome to the show, Bianca. Thank you so much. Thanks, Daniel. So I grew up always, before I was a doctor, thinking that teeth and smiles were mainly to just make new and important friends and other great relationships. And obviously, in my medical training, uh, I learned as, as a preliminary early thing that the teeth were for eating and for, for and, and we all think of that, for eating and speaking. But we understand. And smiling. That, <laughs> and smiling, most importantly. We, we've also seen, and we, we, this is emerging so much more in, in, in the media and, and in medical news, that teeth are, are, are much more important than just these two functions. Um, I think for our listeners, it's important to realize that, you know, I was looking at that before we had this, we started the show, and we know that 60 to 90% of school children have at least one dental cavity. Um, we know nearly 100% of adults do, and this is all according to the World Health Organization. 15 to 20% of adults over the age of 44 have severe gum disease. And listen to this, if you're more than 65 years old, you have a 30% chance of not having any teeth left. So Bianca really works in the space of how to look after your mouth. And it's not just about seeing the dentist, it's about what you do. And um, let, let's start off with that, Bianca. What, what is oral health and, and, and what, what is the job of an oral hygienist? Basically, the main focus of us being a dental hygienist is prevention. So we believe more preven- prevention is better than cure. Um, so we do basically cleanings, mechanical cleanings by removing plaque and tartar that causes gum disease and cavities. And then um, quite um, in detail oral hygiene education on how to prevent these gum diseases and cavities by brushing and flossing and advising on the correct products to use. Um, yeah, so it's quite a, a variety of, um, a, a big variety of methods that we do use to prevent these situations. We all understand that it's important to, to have you, to, to eat healthy foods and to see your dentist on, on, on a maybe yearly basis. But let's delve a little bit more for our listeners into practices that one needs to do and what, you, what you're telling your patients on a daily basis in terms of you know, how to look after your teeth as a whole. So if we could just touch on that initially, it's not just about brushing, right? Big part of it, but um, yeah, there is quite a few other things that can be done as well. So usually we recommend um, every six months cleaning. So it's usually twice a year cleaning. If there's no severe gum disease or anything like that, so otherwise we will recommend more frequent visits. But brushing and flossing education um, in a whole is the most important. So we give usually very in detail um, methods and techniques of doing it the right way because it's more important of doing it the right way and using the correct products. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a very um, a wide variety to cover actually what can be done. Um, uh, for example, um, if a patient has gum inflammation or gum diseases, you get a more mild form of, uh, for example, gingivitis, which is bleeding gums. It's the most common one. And then um, it can lead to a more advanced form of periodontitis, which includes breakdown of the um, bone underneath and 
recession of the gums and so on. So we will always um, advise on the correct brushing and flossing especially that can prevent these um, gum diseases as well. Am I correct in saying that one should brush your teeth twice a day and floss twice a day as well? Brushing usually twice a day, yes. Flossing is recommended once a day, in the evening especially. Um, I believe that in the evening it's more important as we don't have natural cleaning mechanisms as talking or smiling or um, having movement in the mouth in general. So um, in the evening is the most important to, to floss the teeth. Just before we're going we're gonna to go to an ad break, but just before that, just a short word on the diet. Does your diet make a big difference to, or a bigger difference to your care of, of your teeth or, or are both equally important? And then we'll come back and touch on that after the break. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. Welcome back to Discam Medical Monday. This is Dr. Daniel Israel. I'm your host for today. And we're speaking to Bianca Bailefeld, who is an oral hygienist, and she's discussing a very important topic for all of us, and that's oral and dental health. Your teeth are much more important to your health than just a function of eating and a function of smiling and a function of speaking, but they're actually a real window into your whole body. We, Bianca, we were talking about diet, and this is something that affects parents and, and and children a lot as well. We all know that our kids love sugar. And we've all heard the old adage is that you shouldn't give your kids sugar because it's bad for your teeth. Um, let me start off by asking you, is sugar totally prohibited or can we allow our kids to indulge in these beautiful foods that they love? Um, and if so, you know, how do we minimize damage as they grow up? So not prohibited at all. I think um, lifestyle needs to be lived in general. So, um, basically what it does or what we usually advise kids and parents on is um, sugar intake in a whole. Um, it's more the period of the sugar intake involved than the actual sugar intake. So, for example, we will tell a, a kid um, to actually not consume sugary drinks or foods or sweets um, for the whole entire day. Um, basically having a period of time. If you eat, let's say, one chocolate and you finish that chocolate, the pH level or the acidity in your mouth um, will will go back to normal. So it reaches a normal um, level again where cavities cannot form. But if you consume another one and let's say for two hours you have a sugar intake, the pH level drops and it causes acidity, which causes cavities eventually. So it's more important the period of sugar that is in contact with your teeth that can cause a bit of damage. Which is very interesting. I mean, I, I might add that I, I, I used to work in a diabetes clinic. I still do diabetes a lot. And what? we often saw then that people who treated their hypoglycemia at night with sugary foods and, and then left that, yeah. that, that food on their teeth were much more prone to dental caries over time than, than, than people who, yeah. who wash their teeth out straight away. So it makes sense for our parents that if you're going to give your kids sweets and chocolates, the important yes. part is that it's minimal contact with the teeth and then to brush teeth afterwards or move on. So, so that, that is very important. Um, are, are there any other guidelines of dietary intake besides sugar that we should be aware of in terms of acidity or any foods yes. that are healthier that protect our teeth? So for um, parents, we would usually give advice as well, especially for newborns. Um, uh, the baby bottle, if you give a baby baby 
bottle at night and um, it can cause cavities as well. So usually what we would recommend is to cut that time of being the milk being in contact with the baby's teeth as well and not putting them to bed with a baby bottle as it can cause baby bottle caries, they call it. So it's the rotting of the front teeth of the baby and it becomes really black and um, so usually we would recommend maybe putting water in instead because it's more of a habit and um, getting the baby more used to having water at night instead of the contact of milk on their teeth the whole time. Which is a very relevant point for a lot of our our parents. Now the question is um, when should we start brushing our kids or baby's teeth? we, we, I've had patients who have, have we've, we've discussed this with before, and we've told them that they should be brushing gums even before teeth come out. Is, is this true? Yes. And what are the guidelines in terms of brushing baby's teeth? If there's no teeth present, um, usually we would recommend taking a piece of gauze and just wetting it slightly and just wipe the baby's gums. Um, it, sometimes babies get, get something called thrush, which can be caused by milk or um, also. So it's a um, it's just to remove that white residue on the gum. As soon as the baby teeth start appearing, you can still use the gauze or a small toothbrush if they're a little bit older, um, just to clean the teeth that has come out. And then as soon as they can um, take basically a toothbrush in the mouth, you get these baby toothbrushes that can also help. So usually that will be a few years later and where you can start using the brush. But a gauze is just as, as fine to use in the beginning stages. Interesting. And then on that point, I see a question coming in here that says, um, I'm not sure which strength toothbrush to use. Um, uh, it says I frequently am in our, the pharmacy and I see that toothbrushes are graded as soft, medium or large or, or hard. And it, it basically says, to summarize, how, how do we know which toothbrush we should be using? Um, what's too hard and what's too soft as adults? That's quite an important topic that we um, treat very well at the Think Clinic. Um, so we believe in soft toothbrushes. Um, you get the electric brushes as well. Um, in some cases, we will prescribe them, but usually a soft normal toothbrush. We usually recommend the Curaprox toothbrush with the soft bristles um, or the Colgate Slim Soft. Um, so basically, um, the, these toothbrushes are very soft on the gums. The correct brushing method is also a big thing to take into um um, consideration. But if you have a, a soft toothbrush, it cannot brush the gums away and cause recession, which usually leads to cold sensitivity. So most of our patients will come in and say they have a sensitivity when drinking cold water or eating sweets or anything like that. So that's usually when the gum has receded a little and it exposes a little bit of the second layer of the tooth, which is called the dentine. And that is usually when the sensitivity can start. So a soft toothbrush definitely recommended and a circular brushing method instead of a scrubbing method horizontally. And does this apply in all, I'd like to dabble a little bit into different stages yeah. of, of life and, and so, so we've spoken about kids. Um, are, are adults and elder, elderly are, are supposed to use the same brushes and then also in terms of, I mean, a different physiological states, I suppose pregnant ladies as well, um, are, mm-hmm. is it the same guidelines in terms of um, both the brush is used and the frequency of cleaning. Yes, so that is also um, recommended. A soft toothbrush is always advantage. In pregnancy women especially, um, they will find that their gums will bleed a little bit more because of hormonal changes. Um, the body has quite a few changes that it goes through. So in general, their gums will bleed a little bit more. So 
Um, flossing in that instance is really something that we would touch on greatly. And then brushing method, toothbrush stays the same, also a circular method, always covering the gum. So most people, I think, miss brushing over the gum line because they're scared of brushing the gum away. So it can be very contradicting in a way where the correct brush and the correct brushing method can actually prevent that. Um, but also, if you don't brush over the gums, then it can lead to gum inflammation, bleeding gums, which makes it even worse. Um, so yes, yeah, sure. It's it's literally it's it's the same types of techniques and brushes used elderly um, or the uh, pregnancy or any type um, can it, that will be an advantage. You, you're listening to Scare Medical Mondays. I'm Dr. Daniel Israel. Um, we're interviewing an oral hygienist, a specialist oral hygienist who's been very informative for us, Bianca Bailefeld. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with some important questions soon. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. Welcome back. This is Discam Medical Mondays. I'm Dr. Israel and I'm interviewing Bianca Bailefeld, who's an oral hygienist from the Think Clinic, and she's teaching us all about oral health and how to look after your teeth and your mouth so that you can remain healthy. So I, I wanted to ask you, Bianca, um, w- w- when patients come to you, you obviously see a, an array of, of inflammation and of problems in the mouth. Do you want to break down for us a little bit about what the different common, say, inflammations or problems you see in the mouth and how you deal with it? Sure, perfect. Um, so basically, um, the... Gum inflammation starts with bleeding gums. So that's more a mild early type of gum inflammation called gingivitis. So some patients will come in and tell us about their gums are bleeding when they're brushing or flossing or sometimes even just eating, um, depending on the severity of it. And the biggest problem that I do find is that people actually then stop brushing or flossing because they think they're doing something wrong. Um, so we try to educate a lot in that area of gum diseases because the surrounding structures around the tooth is the most important to keep that healthy. So gingivitis is the start of it. If left untreated, then it can go to a more advanced form of gum inflammation called periodontitis, which is the inflammation around the tooth of the structures surrounding or supporting the tooth, um, like bone or gum. Um, so basically then the breakdown will start and over a period of time it can be months or a few years depending on this the severity of it um causing mobility eventually and that is when people start saying they feel mobility in their teeth or that the, there's gaps between their teeth so usually there will be a few gaps between the teeth usually it's starting at the front bottom teeth and um flossing and brushing the correct techniques can actually stop those diseases in its tracks um so it is very very important to treat that on a more regular basis instead of every 6 months will will maybe uh, suggest to come in every four months rather until that disease is under control and the gums are healthy again. And that can also lead to quite a few systemic diseases that I know we will touch on later, but that is usually where the gum inflammation and that can also be um, uh, indicates for lots of systemic diseases or have a great effect on it as well. You know, certainly in my practice, we see a lot of, and we, we, we will touch on this just now, but we do see a lot of patients with, um, systemic diseases who we see expressions of that in the mouth. And I mean, obviously that's, we see that on the medical side, not just on the dental side, um, which is perhaps more my, my field, but there are a few I'd like to touch on. I mean, the one is we, we see a, a lot of older people with 
receding gum uh, disease or gum lines. Um, with a correct care, can one prevent one's gums from receding and obviously eventual tooth loss? Yes. So basically with age, um, there will be a bit of recession usually. So that's actually the normal. Um, uh, there can be a norm- normality of recession of the gums and so on um, with age. And um, preventing it, the most you can do is just the correct brushing and flossing. Flossing, of course, being the main, main important thing. So as long as you can keep your gums healthy, it, the recession will be minim- minimized over the years um, or eliminated completely. What we do experience in elderly patients um, with that type of gum recession is that they get caries or cavities on the root areas of the teeth. Um, it can be due to um, decreased salivary flow. So usually saliva decreases over um, a period of years as well. And that can cause also um, a bit of gum inflammation in general or medications that they use. So lots of medications that are used can cause dry mouth and um, basically increase the risk for gum inflammation where the gums recede, exposing the roots, and then without active salivary flow, um, cavities are very prone among those patients as well. Which is very interesting. I, I certainly see in my in my practice, uh, often we're able to diagnose um, conditions and diseases based on people's mouths. And just for, for our patient, for our listeners to understand, um, often one can see um, signs of immunocompromise in the mouth. One can find, it's find that like if someone has diabetes and they, they don't control their sugar, they certainly can get infection in the gums and in the mouth. And we often pick those up as almost like the windows to the body. We see um, you, patients with long-standing osteoporosis that isn't treated gets bone loss. Um, so, so, so really, as, as much as we see the mouth as a little organ in the body, it, it certainly isn't. As I've said a few times now, it's, it's really a window to your whole body. I'd like to just, for the last few moments we, we have, um, touch on you know, a couple of the really important behavioral things that make a big difference to your mouth. So the diseases I'm talking about are obviously often not preventable. But certainly there are a lot of preventable behaviors. Now, um, we had spoken a bit before the show about smoking, and I think that this is probably the biggest issue that that the dentists and oral hygienists see is is affecting the mouth. Can you tell us a little bit about what you see in between the difference between people who smoke their mouth, their teeth and gums, compared to people who don't, and what effect smoking actually has on the mouth? Okay, great. Yeah, so smoking, um, usually patients ask me the first question, if you can, if we can see someone is smoking. And yes, we can. <laughs> usually there will be, um, stains on the teeth or yellowing of the teeth. Also, keratosis of the salivary glands or basically a white uh, roof of the mouth usually is a, a big, um, uh, significance in smokers. Um, so yes, and basically smoking interferes with, um, normal gum tissue. It is, it, it interferes with the cells of it. Um, so it also restricts blood flow and, um, yeah, it increases the risk of gum disease as well. So also dry mouth. Smokers usually have a very dry mouth, which um, decreases the salivary flow as well. And then gum disease are quite prevalent in these patients. Um, if, either if it's at the beginning or at a later stage, but there will always be a little bit of recession of the gums um, in most cases or um, white patches on, on the uh, tongue, the sides of the tongue, underneath the tongue, the cheeks or um, on the lips. So usually we'll do a very proper screening before each cleaning just to make sure that none of those are present. 
And um, you also, it's, it's got quite a big um, effect on the oral cavity in general. Also, risk of dental cavities um, is, is higher in patients like that, again, because of decreased salivary flow. And, um, yeah, so it's a, another thing is also with surgery. So if a patient comes in and requires an implant or an extraction, um, we will usually give very detailed instructions before that, before that, because, um, it can also cause success rate of an implant. And, um, yeah, it, it affects in general, like a, if you do an extraction, it can cause also a dry tooth socket, which is very painful. Um, so it's very important not to smoke in cases like that. We, we will tell them at least a week or so not to smoke at all. Um, so yes, it can um, lead to serious effects also like oral cancers, which is a main concern as well. Um, so yes, we, we usually do a lot of um, smoking cessation in that way. <laughs> if the ship has sailed, so if we, if, I, if I'm a middle-aged man um, with, and I've already done damage to my teeth, no, no personal reflections here intended, what can I do now to reverse, um, you know, staining A to my teeth and B, um, you know, just, just my general um, perhaps poor state of my gums. When you have a patient who comes in with stained teeth, what can you do for them? Is it reversible? Yes. So basically what we do is we do a cleaning and also it's a whitening. So we offer the Zoom whitening, which is a, a whitening with immediate results. So after the session, um, you get immediate results. So usually with the cleaning already, you can see quite a big difference just by removing the stains, the extrinsic stains. Then you get the intrinsic stains, which is inside the teeth, which the bleaching will remove. Um, so um, we do usually an ultrasonic cleaning, which is a little instrument that removes all debris on top of the tooth itself. And then a powder polisher, which removes stains in general, just to um, remove the excess debris that is left over, which is, acts like a polish. And then the whitening will be one hour done with hydrogen peroxide and an LED light. And um, yes, then usually it is irreversible, but obviously um, smoking can bring back the stains and can discolor the teeth again. So we usually um, provide a maintenance program of either boosters that we do on the chair, also chair side boosters, or an at-home care kit where you whiten your teeth at home with bleaching syringes that we give home. So, yes, it is maintainable. Um, so, it definitely, um, it's not a permanent solution, but it's definitely maintainable with whitening and cleanings, yes. That's something for sure that we can all be very <laughs> encouraged by because I'm not sure that everybody always has, has, has mapped up their behavior correctly from the beginning. But um, at this point, I just want to thank um, our guest, Bianca Bailefeld, for being with us today. Thank you for teaching us about um, oral health and for making the points very importantly that prevention is better than cure, but there is cure that still can be done if if you already passed the fact. And that looking after your teeth by both brushing, I'm correct, Bianca, brushing, flossing, um, going for, you said, six monthly checkups to healthcare yes. professionals such as yourself is really a key to keeping both your your mouth and your whole body healthy. Thank you so much for teaching us. And uh, yeah, hopefully our, our listeners will have a lot to, to, to glean from this. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.